This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Hi, good morning. I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. The road to the Kentucky Derby continues with a stop in Lexington, Kentucky, for the running of the $1 million bluegrass stakes today at Keeneland Racecourse. This is where we will find Kurt Becker, Keeneland's renowned track announcer, who joins us to discuss the grade one bluegrass. Eleven three-year-olds have been entered into today's classic, the headliner of a stakes-filled Keeneland card. We are really looking forward forward to chatting with Kurt Becker today. Also today, friend of the show, Peter Lurie, a host and analyst for Santa Anita Racetrack and FanDuel TV, is our guest. Santa Anita is home to the $750,000 Santa Anita Derby. That's happening today. Another major stepping stone on the path to the Kentucky Derby, Peter Lurie. He has a Canadian connection of sorts. He co-hosted Woodbine's Rico Woodbine Mile Day broadcast. Very cool. It will be great to catch up with him on today's show. Another big name in horse racing, Woodbine jockey Steve Bayon, will join us. He recently announced his retirement from riding with a career that saw the Montreal native win 1,574 races, the highlight of which was a surprise victory at the 2002 Queen's Plate, riding an 82-to-1 long shot, TJ's Lucky Moon, a winner of 44 stakes races during his riding career and over $58.2 million in purse earnings. He will be joining us to look back at his incredible career and tell us what's next. And finally, he's back. My wonderful co-host, Larry Simpson, will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day sponsored by Rocketship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go into some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park. Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. 
Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my incredible co-host, Larry Simpson. And Larry, we're going to do a little bit of traveling today. We're going south of the border to Santa Anita a little bit later. But first up, we're going to Lexington, Kentucky. To Keeneland Racecourse, right? Great. And we're going to speak with Kurt Becker, who joins us right now. He is Keeneland's race course track announcer, and he is the best. And he's joining us now on on route to Keeneland. <laughs> it's a beautiful Saturday. Hopefully things go well for you today. Welcome to the show, Kurt. Well, it's good to be back uh, with you again and uh, a happy uh, bluegrass steaks day to everyone. <laughs> well put. Yeah. yeah, well, let's get right into it, Kurt. What is it about the bluegrass that makes it so special of a race on the Kentucky Derby Trail? A lot of history to the race, Larry. It, it goes back, uh, the bluegrass does, to uh, uh, to 1937 at Keeneland Racecourse. There have been so many uh, horses that have come through Lexington and come through the bluegrass that have gone on to find success, whether in the Kentucky Derby or in other Triple Crown races. Now, admittedly, in recent years, we have not produced as many Derby winners as we did uh, back. There was a stretch back in the uh, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s where it was just incredible uh the 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 competition among racetracks to get these rising three-year-olds much more intense nowadays a lot of other tracks have upped their purses have created special programs even at that uh i think that you know it's great that we can point to the fact that a couple of years ago the bluegrass produced the preakness winner uh, we had Essential Quality in 2021, who went on to win the Belmont and was named champion three-year-old. So uh, circumstances have changed, but it's still a, a wonderful, wonderful event. Kurt, who have you got your eye on for today's bluegrass? Well, the race is curious in the sense that there's not a lot of early speed. There are not many horses in this 11-horse field that are very quick out of the gate. Most of the horses in the lineup like to come running late so I, one horse that at a probably will be a price uh, there there's an what i would call an unproven horse uh that comes out of the barn of hall of famer d wayne lucas a horse named major blue he's never been in the stakes he's only made a couple of starts but he's won those starts and he likes to go right to the front and i'm curious to see if he might be the controlling speed in the race now with that said, most people are going to gravitate to uh, a horse named Tappet Trice out of the barn of Todd Pletcher because that horse won the Tampa Bay Derby a few weeks ago. And, uh, and Todd, his barn is just uh, loaded with top three-year-olds this year. Of course, most notably Forte, who just won the Florida Derby. So, so Tappet Trice arguably is a second-string horse in Todd's own barn, but in the broader scheme of things, Tappet Trice will probably be the, the favorite today and a very legitimate favorite. Talk about a, a horse by the name of Sun Thunder. Like, that's an interesting story, right? Like, he just raced two weeks ago, and uh, Kenny McPeaks brought him back today. Uh, you know, you could make a case for him. Like, he, he was second a couple of, you know, two starts ago in the Risen Star, and he didn't get the best of trips two weeks ago in the, uh, what was it, the Arkansas Derby. So, uh, you know, is is he bringing him back 
too soon, do you think? Or I like the fact that he's he's got Flo Giroux on him too, right? So that that's got to help his case. Florent Giroux has ridden at least one, if not a couple, of the other horses that are entered for the race today. So a he knows this field pretty well, and b the fact that Florent chose Sun Thunder uh, perhaps could be seen as an endorsement by the jock. You know, Kenny McPeak is so good. He's from Lexington. He loves the Keeneland meet. He's won the Bluegrass before. Uh, he won the Bluegrass many years ago with Harlan's Holiday. He won the Bluegrass about 10 years ago with a horse named Java's War. And if you look at Kenny in recent years, uh, he was runner-up last year with Smile Happy. He was runner-up uh, three years ago with Swiss Skydiver. So anytime Kenny McPeak drops a, a horse into the entry box for the Bluegrass, one needs to take notice. And, you know, some thunder, here's my take, running him back on short rest, that tells me the horse is probably feeling good. Mm-hmm. Kenny probably has noticed a high high energy level. And uh, and I think maybe with a little better trip than what he's gotten in the, in the Louisiana Derby, you know, he, he may bounce back and could be a factor. I'm wanting to say without checking, I think he might have been, uh, runner-up in the Risen Star before the Louisiana Derby. So yeah. uh, you, you throw in Kenny's success of this race, he could be a big factor. Kurt, can we talk about other horses that are really looking good in terms of the Kentucky Derby? So I think about Forte, for instance, who won the Florida Derby last Saturday. What are What is your opinion? What are your thoughts? And there is a, a little bit of a, not a criticism about the horse, but there's some question marks about the horse. There, there are, and I will say I don't have as many question marks as a lot of people seem to have. Uh, champion Juvenile last year, I had a chance to see him at Keeneland since we hosted the Breeders' Cup. The thing that I, that I like about Forte, uh, he had a horrible trip in the Florida Derby, and uh, he, he, was, he had to go wide onto the far turn, then he got into some traffic issues, had to, had to pick his way through some traffic, and uh, the horse Mage that was runner-up got the jump on him and looked to be clear in the stretch. And Forte, to me, looked beaten with a furlong to go and still managed to win. You you factor that uh, he's coming from the barn of Todd Pletcher, who's won the Derby a few times, knows how to get the job done. Uh, I, I, I think that sometimes we try too hard to poke holes in the favorite. Uh, and I and I speak from experience. I, I remember with American Pharaoh and with Justify, I was I, w- I was among the doubters with those two horses. And I was I, I don't remember who I picked in those years, but I know it was neither one of those horses. I the lesson I learned is, you know, if the horse has technically done nothing wrong, stop stop with the yeah but what if routine. And right now, I mean, he would he would be at the top of my list, Forte. So his performance up to now, would would you say he's been the most impressive? I think he has. I uh, I, I don't know that I've really seen. Now, I will say this: that the horse that is probably our post time favorite today for the Bluegrass, Tappet Trice, when he won the Tampa Bay Derby a few weeks ago, someone pointed out that horses, as a general rule, at Tampa Bay that day and throughout that meet, if they were coming from off the pace, they really weren't closing a lot of ground. And yet he was able to come from off the pace behind a moderate pace and still mow down the field and get there. So 
Uh, that one stands out. And, you know, another horse that's a little bit intriguing to me, uh, who's running in the bluegrass today, is uh, is the horse that won the Gotham Stakes uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, th- th- this is a horse that's from the barn of Ben Colebrook, and his name is Ray's Kane. Uh, <laughs> he comes with a big late run, blew past the field to win the Gotham. He gets Joel Rosario today. The only problem for Ray's Kane is I think he needs more points. He needs to be first or second today. And I don't know if he's going to get the pace scenario he needs. He needs to have somebody go out and run some fast early fractions, and I just don't know if that's going to happen today. Can we talk in more generalities about the bluegrass today? It's the highlight event of the five stakes races on the Keeneland card today. So let's we've discussed a little bit about bluegrass, but also let's talk about other races happening today. The Shaker Town, for example, uh, that is a turf sprint stakes race that will go to the post uh, immediately before the bluegrass. Uh, I got a nice big full gate of horses entered for that race. Uh, an old an old battle-tested warrior, Johnny Unleashed, breaking from the rail. He was runner-up in that race last year at 70-1. to 1. And you've got Caravelle, uh, the mare that won the Breeders' Cup turf sprint at Keeneland last November. We haven't seen her since then. She's going to be coming back for her season's debut, and uh, it'll be fun to see what she can do coming back off of that layoff. And, and yeah, there are all kinds of stakes. I, I think we've got five graded stakes altogether. The Commonwealth, which is a, uh, a popular sprint stakes over, over the dirt course, it, it's, it's going to be a, a, a big afternoon of racing. You know, anytime you've got a returning Breeders' Cup winner, and anytime you've got a significant Kentucky Derby prep race, that alone makes for a big day, much less throw in the, the other undercard stage. It sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Looks like the, the, we're going to have a cooperative day weather-wise. Uh, a little bit of rain earlier in the week in Lexington. Might be overcast today, maybe a little bit on the chilly side, but uh, should, should be a, a fun afternoon. We've had a lot of... Uh new listeners since you came on the show the first time, Kurt, and probably a lot of them aren't aware that you're the only announcer that Keeneland has ever had, right? So uh, what is it that keeps you going to work every day as as the announcer? Keeneland is a significant challenge to me, and it's actually, uh, uh, there, there are two different sides of this coin. One is the fact I, I never feel like I can just rest on my laurels. I feel like the level of racing at Keeneland is such, it's a boutique race meet. You've got three weeks in the spring, you've got three weeks in the fall, you've probably got, uh, between the two race meets, six or seven grade one races a year, a couple of million dollar races each year, a lot of media coverage. And as a result, I still feel a lot of pressure. This is my 27th season, and yet when I, I'll, I'll promise you, I'll be pacing the floor in the booth today uh, as, as I come in for the bluegrass. Uh, and, but, but on the other side of that, the other reason that keeps me coming back is such a beautiful racetrack. Uh, Keeneland is truly a pastoral, bucolic setting. It, it's, it's one of the few racetracks that you go to anywhere in North America where uh, you, you don't see... Uh, the barns on the back stretch. You don't see storage buildings and heavy equipment and things like this. Everything is designed 
so that when the race fan looks out across the race course, what he or she will see is nothing but a gently rolling meadow that borders the back stretch of the racetrack. And it's, it's such a, a tremendous setting for horse racing. So uh, the, the challenge of it keeps me coming back, and the beauty of it keeps me coming back. Oh, you're waxing poetic. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt, it's it's wonderful to hear that after all these years as, as an expert track announcer that you still get, maybe not nervous, but you don't take it for granted. What is your, we call it a pre-game preparation, but what is your pre-bluegrass uh, race preparation for when it comes to calling a race? For, for me, and, and using today's bluegrass as an example, the preparation began uh, on Wednesday, soon after the post-position draw was announced. And I, I, like a lot of race fans, I, I was at home waiting to see the, uh, the, the draw announced online. As soon as I saw the lineup and the, and the post-positions, I started pulling up past performances. So I begin with just looking at past performances to get an idea for each horse's running style, who likes to go to the front early, who likes to come from off the pace. And then I will I will usually also pull up actual video footage online of each horse just, just to get familiar with the silks, uh, just to get familiar with those colors uh, that the jockeys are, weather, are wearing. Uh, for folks that are not familiar with horse racing, the jockey silks usually uh, are registered to the owner of the horse. So if your stable has blue and gold colors and my stable has red and white colors, I just like to pull up footage and start getting those images ingrained into my mind. It helps a lot by today. Uh, I, I, I almost feel like when they come on the track, I'm familiar with them. It's like I've kind of gotten to know them on a personal level, you might say. Well, final question for you before we let you go. You've called a lot of races at Keeneland. What was the most exciting one for you? Well, one that comes to mind was the 2007 Toyota Bluegrass. That was the year Street Sense was the reigning champion juvenile. And he actually got beat. And he got beat by a gelding by the name of Dominican who came from out of the clouds in the final furlong. Uh, I, I remember... I almost overlooked Dominican, and I thought, he's got no shot to get there. I'm not going to call him. And then something in the back of my mind said, yeah, you better give him a call. And Dominican got up by a nose, and then Street Sense, of course, came back to win the Derby a few weeks later. But that that's one of the additions of the bluegrass that stands out of my mind. And and the other, there, there have been, I've been fortunate. In the time I've been at Keeneland, we've hosted three editions of the Breeders' Cup. So to be able to call do the track call for American Pharaoh's final start, uh, to be able to call a horse of the caliber of flight line last year. Uh, I was grateful and always will be grateful to Keeneland and the Breeders' Cup for having had those opportunities. Kurt Becker, Keeneland race course announcer, thank you so much for joining us ahead of today's Bluegrass Stakes. It was really enlightening and so much fun. Thank you for having me on, and I will say again before I go uh, to all of your listeners, Woodbine, one of the most beautiful racetracks I've ever visited. And, and I'm also a NASCAR guy. I love Canadian Tire Motorsport Park in Bowmanville. That, I, I take Canadian racing fans, whether it's horse racing or NASCAR, among the absolute best on the planet. 
Well, it was great. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> here, here. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Kurt. Thanks, Kurt. When we come back, next stop, Santa Anita, and horse racing analyst Peter Lurie joins us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Highly respected host and racing analyst with Santa Anita Racetrack and FanDuel TV. Rumor has it he's also a movie actor. Peter Lurie joins us now on Ponies 24-7. So great to have you with us. You know, I've never been called highly respected, but I will, uh, I will accept that. I'm going to be flirting with you, and I'm going to flirt back. Why, thank you. You're you are very fabulous. welcome, Peter. Yeah. Well, we had you on last year, Peter, and uh, we've obviously we've got some a lot of new listeners since you were on. Talk about yourself first and, and your role in, in the thoroughbred horse racing business and what you're doing. You know, I never like to talk about myself, but way back in 1966, a four-year-old young lad saw his first race at Santa Anita Park and has not missed a weekend since then. Um, Basically, I've lived racing my whole life. Uh, I've been doing broadcast for horse racing, if you can say it that way, uh, for a little over 20 years. So I'm very, very fortunate to do what I do for a living. Um, between this and voiceover, life's been pretty good, as Joe Walsh would say. Yeah, I like that, too. So how do you become what you are today? You don't just sort of walk in and say, okay, I want to be a racing analyst, and I want to be a host, and I want to do this and that, and also movie actor. (laughs) Basically, the long and the short of it was 
I was making um, a re- obscene amount of money doing voiceover back in the 90s. And uh, my father was a character actor who never really got what he wanted to do as far as racing because he was raising a family on his own. Um, so I thought at one point, you know what, why don't I go out and get a racehorse? He'll get a kick out of it. Uh, me and a couple of buddies and he can live the life through me. Well, that one horse became about 12 at one point, And I got a gentleman who I used to see in the morning when I worked out horses, uh, by the name of Brent Lotta, who we used to have fun and just laugh and joke around. And the next thing I know, he's asking me if I have a picture and resume. And I, said, why? He said, well, don't worry about it. It's probably nothing. So I didn't think anything about it. And about a month later, I get a call and uh, they're starting a new station with the Stronic Group, who you all well-versed in up there in Canada. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is what HRTV was. And I said, well, I'm not really a broadcaster. And they said, well, don't worry about it. I think you're going to be good at this. And uh, that was about 22 years ago. So it's one thing to get there. It's another to stay there. And we both know that very, very well. The longevity. How does that happen? What have you done right? Honestly, I think it's just blind luck. Because <laughs> I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, to be an actor in general, once you get past a certain age, uh, your time is limited because there's always going to be somebody else that they want to move on the new shinier toy. So I think along with luck, probably I'm just uh, considered that every man I'm appealing to the average Joe or Jolene's as it were. (laughs) And uh, I just think I'm lucky. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the uh, Santa Anita Derby uh, today, uh, Peter. And, uh, you know, some of the horses, um, there's a Japanese invader. It's actually a, a, a very intriguing race today, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a field of nine, and I know there were a couple of horses that everybody was very excited about. But you were talking about the Japanese horse. I believe his name is Mandarin Hero. Yeah, that's right. Um, he is five for uh, five lifetime starts, four winners in a second in Tokyo city. And it's just unbelievable what this horse has accomplished on uh, his own soil. Uh, the Japanese as owners and breeders. Now I've said this for a couple of years, they've spent so much time cultivating the breed. Now they're having the accolades because they proved on a world stage. They are tremendous at what they're doing. And uh, I won't be shocked if Mandarin Hero ends up at Louisville. There is a possibility of three horses coming in from Japan. And I think that's just a tremendous story for horse racing. It sure is. And and Mandarin Hero is being ridden by somebody that our listeners up here are very familiar with, uh, leading jockey at Woodbine Kamura, correct? Kaz is actually a friend of mine. I think he is fantastic and uh he's proven he can ride anywhere mm-hmm. the guy gets around the track perfect he rides turf as well as dirt or in or in the case of uh our good friends in toronto the synthetic racetrack he's got a great attitude it's unbelievable 
that this sovereign apprentice award winner is only 23 years old. He is well respected by everyone in the community, and uh, I would love to see him get the money. I think it would be a tremendous story. Should we talk about practical move? We should. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then, Peter. (laughs) Practical move is a very, very interesting story. Timmy Octin, the conditioner, is, um, how can I put this? He's got all the pedigree of a Hall of Fame trainer. He was an assistant for the late, great Charlie Whittingham. As you probably know, he uh, was a longtime trainer for, uh, uh, assistant trainer for uh, Pop Baffert. And he is just a tremendous horseman. And I'm absolutely so happy that he is getting the opportunity to do this. Let's talk a little bit about the Kentucky Derby Trail up till now. You've probably watched a few of the prep races, and you're going to be probably watching a couple today as well. What horse has impressed you the most so far? I I don't want to sound like a homer, but (laughs) Forte, Mm -hmm. I think by far, uh, heads and shoulders above everyone. I I know that sounds like a real obvious statement, but this horse uh, was so impressive as a juvenile. Now, of course... Uh, the Fountain of Youth coming off a November layoff was crazy how well they did. And uh, last, uh, over the weekend in the Florida Derby, uh, did did not get a great trip. The outside post, the 11 hole, was statistically called, considered one of, if not the lowest win percentages of any post position at Gulfstream Park this meet. It was like 2%. Mm-hmm. So he was already up against it. He did not break alertly. He got pinballed a couple of times around the turn. He comes across to me as a horse you're going to have to ride the whole way. I'm not saying he's lazy, but he might lose focus. He's still young. He's still learning. But with all that against him, he still won. And there's going to be the pundits who come out there and say, well, he's due to bounce. I disagree. I think he is tremendous. And I will not be surprised if he gets the job done in uh, in the first Saturday of May. So what does Forte's performance last week tell you about what he can do? He's battle test. Simple way to put it. Um, when you get into a body of 20 horses, and I don't need to tell either one of you this, um, things can happen, especially in the Derby. Things can happen. Last year, uh, horses were running the first half as if they were six furlong sprinters, uh, which set up for a rich strike and that incredible story. But it just comes down to the simple fact that anything can happen on any given day, and you've got to be battle-tested. This horse has been has had a couple of things go against him in both the last two races, the Fountain of Youth and the Florida Derby, and he still came out as a winner. That's the kind of horse I want. I want a horse... They can look another horse in the eye and say, you know what? You're not getting by me. I'm not going to win this thing. Talk about yourself a bit, Peter, and, and your role with uh, FanDuel TV. Uh, FanDuel TV, I'm kind of a gun for hire, as you've figured <laughs> out. Uh, I, I've been to, uh, I, I, luckily last year I went to Toronto for the Rico Mile and right. had an absolute ball. 
Uh, my thanks to Rob Platt and uh, Tim uh, Lawson and the whole team out there. And, hey, cross those fingers. I hope I come back for another session. Sure. Uh, but as far as FanDuel came up, when the former HRTV went out of business, I uh, found myself just kind of bouncing around the country, taking whatever gigs were available. And uh, I got a, uh, approached by them about four or five months in asking me if I wanted to uh, fill in occasionally. And I thought, you know what, from an actor's standpoint, it's always good to get your face out there. You never know. And um, I've been doing that for seven years. Not a full-time gig, but um, I'm usually on two or three days a week, and I've kind of built up a following, which is nice. And we understand that there is a bit of a movie career on the go. Would we have seen you in any films recently or, or even in the near past? Recently, probably not. Um, I've mainly been doing the broadcast, um, and uh, I've mainly been a voiceover actor and commercial actor for about the last 30 years. You went on IMDb, I, gu- I guarantee you, you'd look at the titles if you're a video gamer or a, uh, a cartoon enthusiast or a movie enthusiast, and you'll say, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I've seen that. I've heard that. You'd know that. Uh, that's the world of being a character actor. Hmm. You're deeply entrenched in horse racing. Are you still a horse owner? After uh, COVID, I kind of took a breather. I was a owner for the last 20 years, and fortunately, it, uh, uh, with COVID came in, it just, for me, it didn't make sense to do it. So hopefully get back into it. I was an owner and a breeder. Uh, and by the way, for anybody who's thinking about being a breeder, you better have some disposable income because it is a very, very mm-hmm. difficult business to be in. Mm-hmm. What's a typical day like for you when you're at Santa Anita, Peter? Typical day, I get there uh, probably about 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, go over what needs to be done, check for the scratches. I'm one of those kind of people, even as an actor, I always take my time. I I don't want to rush into anything. Starts about 11.30, we'll go to about 5.30, 6 o'clock, and uh, we move on from there. And do you check the weather as well? We know that Santa Anita has had terrible absolutely. weather. All of California has had terrible weather. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's also gorgeous today. Mm-hmm. It is just a warm day. But yeah, we we got hit with more rain than we've had, they said, since the 70s. So a lot of rain and snow, which we can use. And uh, hopefully uh, that will uh, work out for us. And the weather probably, Peter, has really put a, I guess, some confusion on a race like the Santa Anita Derby. It's, it's obviously upset the training patterns of some of the horses and, and that, right? That was the big problem. Um, a lot of the trainers were saying, you know, when a track has to be closed down, obviously safety has to come first. It, it kind of limits what you can do with your horses. But I basically feel that everybody's in the same boat. We haven't had to deal with that for a week or two. So hopefully everybody's going to bring their A game, and I'm expecting a really, really exciting race. And the Santa Anita Derby is today. Are you pumped? Absolutely. (laughs) I've been one of the the top champions over the years. Uh, I was there when Affirmed won, and then later on went on to win the uh, 
the Triple Crown. I was there for I'll have another. There hasn't been a derby I haven't seen. So it, there's just a there's a buzz that goes around the place. It's very very exciting, and uh, all I can say is if anybody is in the Southern California area, chances are they're not. But if they are, mm-hmm. or they're planning on coming here, you do not want to miss this. Peter, thanks for doing this, and uh, it's much appreciated. And uh, good luck with your selections today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, like I said, hopefully uh, later on this summer we get to meet up again. It'll be fun. That's a date. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. After the break, when we come back, recently retired Woodbine jockey Steve Bayon joins us here on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Soon to be friend of the show, stellar Woodbine jockey Steve Bayon recently announced that he was retiring from race riding, and the Queen's Plate winning jockey joins us today to talk about a riding career that saw him win over 1,500 races, and 44 of those were stakes events. Steve Bayon, welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Good morning. You retired. Uh, was it a difficult decision to retire and, and like, what actually, you know, were the circumstances behind it? No, it wasn't very, it was just getting time. Uh, I've been doing it 37 years. Uh, um, I didn't ride as many horses as I have been riding. And uh, it was just getting, as as a jockey, controlling my weight for all those years. I was pretty dedicated. But as I got older, it definitely got harder. So uh, that was kind of one of the big things I, I on the why I was going to retire because controlling my weight, I didn't want to kill myself to control my weight anymore. You know, you're not the first jockey to tell us that about the reason for retiring. And I find that fascinating. It, it, It must be a very difficult thing as we get a little bit older and you're not that old, you're only 57, but it, it, these are physical, uh, parts of the, of racing that are extremely important. And that's keeping your weight down. Yeah, that, that that's really hard with all jocks. Like, I'm not naturally small guy. If you're naturally small, I probably would have never retired. And but uh, not being one of the taller guys in a room and and having to watch my weight, it, it it got tired. I got tired of doing it. Yeah, understandable. 
That's interesting. We had Jerry Olguin on a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He was kind of like the tall jockey in the room. And I guess, really, racing fans don't understand what you guys go through, right, to, to keep your weight down, especially when you're when you a larger frame, eh? Yes, yes. I mean, some of, some of the guys, it, it's some of it kind of bulimic, and uh, you do use water pills and stuff like that. We, we go into a sweat box or a steam room every day and lose weight. So we're, we're always dehydrated, and it, it does wear on your body. Steve, what are the other challenges of being a jockey? I, I didn't find any challenges. I just, you know, uh, I didn't think there was very many challenges. Yeah. Just, yeah. Dealing with the, just dealing with the, the owners and the trainers, which, you know, you're trying to ride their horses and, and you're trying to do the best you could do for them. And you're just trying to get the best horse, trying to put yourself out there, working hard every day, putting yourself out there and, and trying to do your best. That's it just you get up early in the morning and, and you and you work hard at it. So putting aside those challenges, describe to us exactly what it's like to be on a horse racing, just the two of you. I mean, obviously, there are other horses in the field, but but what is that like where you don't have trainers, you don't have owners, you're in the middle of a race? What does that feel like? It's an awesome feeling. It's like uh, you're on a motorcycle or something, and and you've got con- well, you hopefully you have control of your horse. And uh, when you're on a good horse, and it's nice to be sitting there waiting, knowing that your horse is going to respond when you ask him, and he's going to give you all he's got. And and it's just a a great feeling that you know when you ask him, and they just okay, let's go, and they kick on and go. We talk about awesome feelings. You won the Queen's Plate with uh, TJ's Lucky Moon. He was 82 to 1. Um, obviously, you could say he outran his odds, eh? So, <laughs> Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. He, he, like, going into that race, TJ's Lucky Moon, uh, I had it sat on the horse, and uh, I just know he was a, he'd come off of his maiden win, and he, going farther when, wasn't going to hurt him, and he was a very fresh horse. I thought he had a bit of a chance, not saying that he was going to win, but he had a good chance because I thought the other horses in the race, which were favorites, went through the program of all those other stake races getting up there and ran hard races. When you realized you'd won, what, what went through your mind? It's just a great feeling because, like I always say, it's like, you know, as a Canadian, Queen's Plate is our biggest race. As a kid growing up playing hockey, you, if you're going to be a hockey player, you want to win the Stanley Cup. So in our sport, it's the Queen's Plate, and, and it's very hard to capture, and I, and I got it done. Do you remember your, your first ride? In fact, I read someplace that you quipped afterwards that you didn't win, but at least you stayed aboard the horse. Do you, do you remember that? I might have said that, That's yeah. Great. I remember, yeah. It was for a trainer, Janet Bedford, that I, I grew up, started working for, and uh, it was a horse called Liberty Gain, and it was at Greenwood. And it's just like we left the gate and, and we got around. We did finish fifth. So it's like, okay, we can do this. And how did you get started in the first place? What was your first, you know, venture into horse racing? And, and did you want to be a jockey most of your young life? Um, I think so. I'm, my father had worked for the RCMP that used to run the racetrack. And uh, that's how I knew about the racetrack. We used to come on weekends all the time. And my father passed away when I was 
I was eight, and we used to come still after the racetrack with my mom and uh, her her new boyfriend, and we used to come to the racetrack. And uh, a, a good friend of my dad's was a jockey back in the '40s, Hank Williams, and he used to do the ticket booth. So in the summer of my 14 years old, he says, "What are you doing?" I said, "Nothing." And he says, "Why don't you come walk hots?" And that's how I got to the racetrack. And then I started galloping, and then I started riding. So other than the Queen's Plate, uh, talk about some of the other. You won, what was it, 44 stakes races in, in, in your career. Uh, you know, talk about some of, some of the other highlights, some of the, the better horses that you had an opportunity to ride. Melissanke MSA was a real nice horse that I ended up riding for Paul Nielsen. The year after the plate, I ended up on him. He had actually finished, he won the Prince of Wales that year that I won the plate. Uh, I end up riding him for the next six years, and and I win like six or seven stakes on him, and he made over a million dollars. Wow! And then with Rachel Halden, which me and her started dating, and uh, that's my other half now. <laughs> and uh, Nipissing was a great filly that I rode for her as a two-year-old. She went four in a row, and then she went and as a three-year-old when the Oaks which is the premier race for three-year-old fillies in Canada. I'm curi- which I ended up winning three oaks, too. I'm curious to, to know, and, and I'll ask you this straight out, what means more to you, Steve, winning uh, uh, something like the Queen's Plate or seeing over $58.2 million in total purse earnings? Um, winning races. Uh, money Money's the bonus part. Money's the bonus part. Like, I've never, I was never one of the... T- top top guys i always flew in the top 12 which i was very proud of because that i made a living and 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 i flew straight i never i never really went high and i never really went low so i never had to oh i'm number one number one number one and and then then you fall out of it so i always just was a hard worker that stayed right level all my career when you decided to be a jockey and you started riding was there a jockey that you basically patterned your career after? No, but you always look up to guys like Sandy Holly, Canadian, Robin Platts. They, and I rode with them all. I ended up riding with them all I, when I started. They, they were all riding still when I started riding. I find it interesting that you say riding with them rather than riding against them. Well, we yeah, you ride against them. That's true. But, I, I mean, you're in the room. The jocks room is like your second home when you're a jockey we we get there like we come here at five o'clock in the morning we work till 10 we go to the room and we and back then we used to ride five days a week so you'd you go to the room and then ride your races so you'd be in the room at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. and then say if you rode the last race you wouldn't be out of there by five thirty. so you'd be you're we're here all day long the room was like the second our your second home almost it's not quite as glamorous as people think is it no, I, I don't. I don't think so. No, yeah. I don't take it as that. Yeah. It's a job. Right. Toughest jockey you ever rode against? Robin Platts. Really? Robin Platts was very, very strong when he when you got down with him coming down the line. He was a very strong rider. And favorite horse that you've ever ridden? You'd have to say Queen's Plate, TJ's Lucky Moon, but Nipissing was probably my most favorite horse because I, because I, I get when I when I hooked up with her, 
I galloped her every day for, for Rachel and it was an everyday thing. We'd go do our, that would be my first horse I get on every day as a two year old that year. And, and we just gelled really good together and I just loved her. And it was sad that in the wonder where that's when she, she had an accident and we, she had to get put down. Oh, that must've been terrible. Was, yes. It broke our heart. Yeah. So now you're into the next step of your career. Um, what do you plan on doing? You're still going to stay within the horse racing industry, correct? Oh, definitely. I love the horses. That's what I love to do. Uh, being with Rachel Halden, um, I'm going to work for I'm going to work for Rachel Gallup Horses in the morning. Which I'm right now. I'm at the I'm at the barn right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking after until she's in Florida, and I'm I'm looking after the barn until she gets back. So, kind of helping her out as much as I can, and I'm going to do that because I love galloping them. And then uh, I'll maybe do some out riding. I think we're, we got some of that in the works. Maybe. I'm going to help ride ride in the afternoon, so I'll still be out there in the afternoon. And talk to me about your relationship with your wife. So it's a personal relationship, obviously, but the business side of it, how does that work? Well, we're not married, but we've been together 12 years, me and Rachel, and it it, it works good. I mean, we're we're together (laughs) 24-7 when we're working together. The only time was when we were apart is when... She's at the barn and I'm in the jocks room. <laughs> Not we'll anymore. Find, we'll Not. find out more now when when I'm maybe home together with her. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be put to the test. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Talk about your final win, Steve. Uh, was last year at Woodbine. Uh, was it then that the thought crossed your mind that, yeah, I, I think I've had enough. I'm going to retire. No, it it, it it was playing in my head before that. Probably the last month of racing, it was it was playing in my head that I think I've had enough. So, but the last win was very nice. Although it was a dead heat, uh, I wish it was on my own. But I'll take any any win. Anytime you get to the wire first, it's it's a win. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, as younger jockeys are coming up through the system and and riding like the wind, what advice have you to them in the year twenty twenty three? Uh, just take their time and, and listen and, and respect to your older riders and listen because, and you, you, you take it all in and then it can, and do your own little bit of your own stuff because it'll work both ways. You try a little bit what they tell you and you try a little bit your own way. So I, I never not didn't listen growing up and you're still learning today, even as an older rider. Yeah. You are a wonderful human being, really, truly. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I try my best. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks for doing this. Do you think there's any chance you may make a comeback as a writer? No. No shot. <laughs> Gee, that was pretty final. <laughs> I, I got I, I'm, I'm, I've never been over 125 in my life. In the wintertime, I always got to about 125 pounds, and I always dropped it back down to 114, 12, 14, 16 around there to ride. Uh, I'm 130 now. Oh, but you're happy 130. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not. I'm. I'm not craving anything, and yeah. and I'm not not missing anything. Yeah, you're taking now. you're taking the French fries instead of the sweat box now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Bayan, so much for joining us on Ponies 24 Seven. Thank you very it's much. It's been a pleasure. You have a good day. And you as well. Okay. Bye bye.
After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to their Pineview dealership to view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today, as the Hyundai Advantage sales event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. And before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as hardworking Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. You put a lot of work into this, Larry. I try. I try. <laughs> no, you're trying. Very trying. I'm, tr- I'm a very trying person. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No. I'll leave that to Kelly, your wife. <laughs> All righty. Let's... Uh... Let's go to uh, the Bluegrass, which is part of the 11 race card at Keeneland today. Uh, it's actually race nine, goes for a $1 million purse. 11 horses have been entered, and I'm going to make a bit of a long shot play in here. Number seven, Sun Thunder. Uh, trainer Ken McPeak actually has three horses entered into the Bluegrass today, including Sun Thunder, who actually just raced on March the 25th in the Louisiana Derby, where he was a closing fifth. In that race, Sun Thunder actually was bet down to 7-1, to one, the fourth choice in the betting, and really didn't have a great trip at all. In fact, he was actually in the two-path in traffic most of the race, and actually at one time in the race was pushed back to 10th before getting free to close for fifth money. Basically, you have the old Z pattern here, which is an angle that... Uh, uh, where a horse goes from uh, up in the pace back and then closes again. So it's like a Z. 
Um, I'm not crazy about the quick turnaround to today's race, but I do like the fact that two starts back in the grade two risen star at fairgrounds, Sun Thunder made a huge move in the stretch to just get beat ahead and finish second to Angel of Empress, who came back last Saturday to win the Arkansas Derby. Getting friend of the show, Flo Giroux, in the saddle today won't hurt the cause at all. So race nine at Keeneland, the Bluegrass, number seven, Sun Thunder. Santa Anita has a 12-race card today, including the $750,000 Santa Anita Derby and the $400,000 Santa Anita Oaks for Phillies. Race six is the above-mentioned Derby with uh, nine horses set to go. Number seven, Skinner, I believe, is an improved horse since he turned three. Skinner debuted as a three-year-old on February 12th at Santa Anita and actually blew the competition away and broke his maiden easily, winning by three and a quarter lengths in a 95 speed buyer. Skinner next appeared in the grade two San Felipe Stakes again at Santa Anita, and although he didn't win, he performed well finishing third despite being off slow and racing wide throughout. Skinner has worked three times since the last stakes race, including two at five furlongs, one of them was 59 and one handily, and also at six furlong work in 114 flat. He looks ready to improve today and perhaps stamp himself as a major Kentucky Derby contender come the 1st of May. Santa Anita, race six, the Santa Anita Derby, race seven, Skinner. Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 12 race card tonight and race four is a one mile pace for five-year-olds and younger, numb winners of a race. Number four, Indigenous Hanover, qualified on March the 18th, having last raced on February the 4th and actually tried a leg of the Snowshoe Series back in January. Indigenous Hanover actually went into last week's start off a two-week break since that March 18th qualifier and drew the seven-hole on top of this, and all things considered, performed decently to finish fourth, and this after making a first-up move at the three-quarter pole. If anything, Indigenous Hanover should be tighter now from last week's effort and should enjoy being back on a weekly race rotation once again. I like the fact that driver Louis Roy had a chance to drive Indigenous Hanover last week and maybe figure him out a bit. And of course, breaking from the four post tonight is also a big uh, uh, positive. So recency, second time driver angle and a better post tonight. Woodbine Mohawk Park, race four, number four, Indigenous Hanover. The Meadowlands has a 14 race card tonight and race 11 is a one mile pace for a purse of $15,500. Number eight, P.J. Liu, showed some great form improvement in his race last week, a race that saw P.J. Liu close against the speed bias over a sloppy track and finish a closing second. Last week saw many of the race winners at the Meadowlands do it on the front end, which is quite normal when the track is off. P.J. Liu has actually raced over a sloppy track his last two starts at the Meadowlands, and two back, P.J. Liu had the eight hole and despite pacing his last quarter in 26 and four, was not able to make a, d a dent and finish seventh. He's got the eight hole again tonight, but I believe the second place finish against the speed bias is the tip uh, that P.J. Liu is rounding into good form tonight. The Meadowlands race 11, number eight, P.J. Liu. Larry, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. And a big shout out to market fans of horse racing and a big, big thanks to you listening right now. 
really makes a difference to us. And a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was recently released, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, and donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you again for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.